Welcome to Mother's Day at Union Chapel. My name is Jeff Hughes and I'm excited to share this message with us this morning. I would like to say that it's my hope for moms to see yourself in a new perspective. You know, these moms saw themselves in a new perspective. Once their kids shared all the great things that they enjoy uh, doing with mom and about mom. And sometimes we're a little too hard on ourselves. We need to relax sometimes and just see ourselves in a new perspective as someone called by God and also chosen and equipped for that task. Children and fathers, it's my hope that you will both uncover and express the gratitude that you have in your heart for mom today. Uh, Men, we know that sometimes the challenge is to feel thankful in our hearts and to get it out of our mouths, right? And so let me encourage you today and in the days to come to let that be expressed, uncover it, and let it out. While this message today is geared specifically to moms, uh, you'll find that each of the points uh, apply to your life as well, regardless of where you are uh, in the story of life, uh, even as a man. We see wonderful women all through the scriptures, like Ruth and, of course, Hannah. Uh, But today's message is going to be focused on a mom that we talk about every year, only usually not at Mother's Day. I'm speaking of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so we'll use this as our text from Luke chapter 1. If you have a Bible, I'd like to ask you to make your way there. If you read the scriptures on a mobile device, make your way there. And stand, if you will, for the reading of Luke Chapter 1, verses 31 to 38, says this. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is already in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Put your hand on your Bible, if you will. Lord, open our hearts. Inspire us today through Mary's story. You may be seated. Eight-year-old Mary wrote her mom a note for Mother's Day. It went like this. Dear Mother, here is the box of chocolate candy I gave you for Mother's Day. It is very good. I know because I've already eaten three pieces. Eight-year-old Carol also wrote a note to her mom, and it said, Dear Mother, here are two aspirins. Have a happy Mother's Day. I heard of a church sign that once said, If evolution were really true, how come moms still only have two hands? Anyone relate to that? Moms in the room? Yeah, you know. On Friday night, I performed a wedding, and it reminded me of this story A story where a little boy was attending his first wedding, and after the service, his mother asked him, Son, do you know uh, how many women a man is allowed to marry? Well, the young boy replied very quickly and with attitude almost and said, 16. Well, his mother was shocked. What what do you mean 16? And the boy said, it's easy, Mom. Didn't you hear what the pastor said? Just add it up. Four better, four worse, four richer, and four poorer. That's, That's my favorite. 
a mother was putting her son to bed on the eve of his fifth birthday, and she was trying to communicate the idea of a birthday to him. Kevin, she said, this is the last night of your fourth year. Do you understand that, Kevin? He was ready to communicate for four years by using his fingers, showing how old he was. Seeing these four fingers, his mother nodded and said, when you go to sleep tonight, you'll still be four years old. But do you know how old you'll be tomorrow when you wake up, Kevin? Well, Kevin quickly added a thumb to those four fingers and replied back to his mother, tomorrow I'll be a handful. (laughs) That's right, Kevin, tomorrow you will be a handful. For the moms in the room here this morning who have had their hands full over the years, we are so thankful and we're so appreciative of the way you have raised your kids and loved them so faithfully. In fact, could we just give all the moms another round of applause? My mom lives in Texas, and mom, if you're watching the live stream, happy Mother's Day. Um, I will try to call you later, too, but in case I forget, I got it right there. (laughs) Just kidding. In this uh, brief Mother's Day sermon, I want to explore together the call of God upon those with the title Mom. This message is titled, A Mother Called by God. And I want to invite you to reference the half-sheet notes that are in your bulletin. Just pull those out so you can follow along and even fill in the blank with this message. Here's the first point. A mother called by God will submit her will to God's will. A mother called by God will submit her will to God's will. Let's look at Mary for a moment. Mary was, of course, called by God to motherhood, just as all parents and all grandparents today are called by God to this task. And what an important role it is. I work primarily with middle school and high school students on a regular basis here at Union Chapel, and it is very fulfilling to see Kids who know that their mother loves them and kids who know that their mom supports them in their endeavors. And so thank you, moms. On behalf of a teenage boy who might not say it very often or very loud, uh, thank you. But your role is important, and I can attest to that. As we know from this story, Mary was a teenager when God called her to be a mother. She was confronted with this challenge, and when she was, she had a choice to make. Will she submit to the will of God or will she reject the will of God? By a show of hands, how many of you here this morning are glad and thankful that Mary accepted the will of God for her life to carry Jesus in her womb? Of course we are. Let's think for just a moment how your life and mine would be a little bit different if Mary had rejected the will of God for her to be the mother of Jesus. I mean, you can imagine. She was a virgin. It was a setting where that she was not looked very highly upon uh, throughout this pregnancy by many But she did not reject the call of God. In fact, when Gabriel gave her the angelic message that she was to carry Jesus Christ in her womb, Mary was shocked. That's an understatement. She was very shocked. But the key phrase that so clearly illustrates her heart of submission to God's will is found in verse 38. Let's look at that again. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. You know, I find it really unique that Mary never wavered from her commitment and her complete submission to the will of God. Was she nervous? Certainly. Was she unsure of her own abilities? Of course. Who wouldn't be? Was she anxious about the prophecy that part of her life and the life of Jesus would include pain? You bet she was. See, I believe that Mary was a lot like the mom who waits up late at night waiting for that date to be over 
She's sitting at the front window, peeking out the blinds, has the porch light on, and she's waiting for her young one, who probably seems way too young to date, even if she's 25, to get home from that date. I believe it's a lot like the father who says a silent, heartfelt prayer as he watches his daughter, who still uh, seemingly should be in diapers in his mind, drive away in his car for the very first time. Taking those raw instincts into streets that are filled with such great danger. I believe Mary is a lot like parents in this room who want only the best and the most protection for their child. But yet fully aware that life happens, doesn't it? And it's not always safe and sound and secure. Those similarities do exist. Mary was unlike a lot of parents in this world today. I believe that was due to her unyielding and complete commitment to the will of God. Mary had an abiding faith and a trust in God. She was completely committed to him. In fact, she was so committed to God that she had no room for anything else in her life. And that makes her a mother worth imitating. A mother called by God will submit her will to God's will. The second thing we can learn about a mother called by God is that she will not be perfect Now, husbands, this is not the time where you elbow your spouse next to you and point out the areas where she's not perfect. But this is great news for all of us, isn't it? Despite the fact that she was the mother of Jesus, Mary herself was not perfect. We read about that in a few places. The first is when Jesus performed his first miracle, turning the water into wine. We see this in John chapter 2. Check it out on the screen. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and the disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now, Jesus said to Mary a very interesting phrase here. Woman, why do you involve me? It is not my time. In church, I'd like to make two observations here for us that are very important. The first is a word to children and to fathers. Don't try this at home. Just don't do it. It's not safe. It is not safe, especially if it's your inclination to begin that sentence with the word woman, with a bit of tone on it. It is just not safe. And you'd be advised on this Mother's Day 2016 to take a note of it, not to begin a sentence like that ever. Second, think of the awkwardness of this situation. Mary's request and her conversation with Jesus actually appears to be out of line with what Jesus was ready to do. Though Jesus performed the miracle, there's this idea that maybe it's only because his mother put him on the spot, right? He's like, well, okay, all right, just going to do this just for you, Mom. Well, if that's not a clear indication of Mary's imperfection, a second case is. We see this in Matthew chapter 12. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to the disciples, he said, here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now if Mary had completely understood the task of Jesus, would she have tried to interrupt him in this moment? No. No, she wouldn't. Or would she agree with his unbelieving brother that his ministry had to be tempered and held back 
Of course not. You see, stopping the ministry of Jesus, even for a little while, was a mistake on Mary's part. Moms, let me just speak directly to you. You've made mistakes, even today, yesterday, and you will make even more mistakes tomorrow. But through it all, God will love you. He will work with you. He will accept you. He will redeem the things that are broken in your life and make them beautiful. Through it all, your task of mothering and grandmothering will be accomplished. You can believe that. I know sometimes in our hearts we have a tendency to push back against that. Oh no, God can't restore what I've messed up. God can't make right the mistake that I've made. Yes, he can. And yes, he will. Reach out to Jesus today. Trust him with those mistakes and move forward. Former presidential candidate Dr. Ben Carson tells a moving story of his mother that you may not be familiar with. Mrs. Carson insisted that Ben and his brother Curtis would write a book report a couple of, every couple of weeks. This book report was not for school. It was directly for their mother. And Ben and Curtis dutifully obeyed this responsibility. But about the time that Ben was in junior high, he realized something very significant. He realized that his mom couldn't read. Ben and Curtis had been reading books and scratching out these reports, assuming that his mom was checking every single word. But in reality, she didn't have a clue what he was even saying. Now consider this. Raised by an illiterate mother, Ben grew up to be a world-famous surgeon who's been featured in countless articles and books and even made a run at the presidency. Here's what I want you to get. His illiterate mother didn't twist her hands and worry over her lack of learning and give up hope to raise intelligent boys. Instead, she gave her boys what she had. She gave them interest, she gave them accountability, and she gave them courage even when these responsibilities were not required by the school. Any woman familiar with the scriptures knows that Proverbs 31 can quickly be a discouraging text for any woman who reads through it, and especially a mom. It's there that the author writes of the perfect woman. There are 22 lines in the poem, and each one of them begins with the successive letters of the Hebrew alphabet. It's an acrostic poem that actually speaks of the imaginary woman. She never sleeps. She always works. Okay, that part's for real. We get it. But she manages a fleet of ships, she runs a farm, she manages a staff, she sews like a fashion expert, she cooks, she cleans, and even homeschools the children in her side time. She has a feast waiting on the table for her husband when he arrives home from his much less demanding job, and she needs no carpool whatsoever. She simply throws on her super mom cape and flies the children from one appointment to the next. From the doctor to the dentist to soccer practice to Bible study, on and on it goes. If we were to see in English what we can't see in Hebrew, perhaps it would be a poem that read like this. A is for the apple pie she bakes. B is for the babies she loves. C is for the cleaning of the house. All the way down to Z is for the zoo that she manages in the backyard and in the living room floor. I can tell you this. Any woman who tries to emulate the woman of Proverbs 31 will understand clearly why the first line of this proverb says this, a wife like this, who can find her? Who can find her? Moms, can I give you some permission today? I want to give you specific permission to lower your expectations of yourself. 
Lower your expectations of yourself. Yes, there may be a dirty dish in the sink, or there may be a lunch that's not made, or there may be an appointment at the office that is missed. But lower your expectations a bit. Dads and children, can I ask you to do something for me? On this Mother's Day 2016, will you see and appreciate all that mom does for you, both inside the home and outside the home? And will you let this spread from this day to this week to this year to become a lifestyle of loving and serving and appreciating your mother? Remember, a mother called by God will not be perfect. She won't be. Linda Huckins tried perfection on one day. It just happened to be the day that her daughter was getting married. As Linda tells the story, she went to the front of the church to light one of the three candles. And I quote, not realizing the potential fire hazard, uh-oh, I got too close and set my acrylic nail on fire. Trying not to ruin my daughter's big day, I calmly lit the candle from my flaming acrylic nail, and then like a gunslinger with his six-shooter, I blew it out and tucked it into my imaginary holster. <laughs> a mother will not be perfect. Linda goes on and says that needless to say, her blackened nail were the talk of the reception. Everyone wanted a selfie with the bride and groom, quickly followed by a selfie with Linda's blackened acrylic nail. A mother called by God will not be perfect. But the truth, no one is. No one's perfect. And so we should extend the grace, the love, and the care to our moms in every way possible. And the greatest news is that, that God loves us despite our failures, despite our mess-ups, despite these moments where we don't succeed. And mom, know that God will strengthen you with the task of being a mother, a grandmother. And the challenges that are at hand for you and your family and your career, God is with you. He's there to strengthen you with his strong right hand. And today, mom, will you submit yourself and these challenges to God? I think you'll be happy if you will. This brings us to the third thing we can learn about a mother called by God, and that is that she never surrenders the title of mom. She never surrenders the title of mom. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. You know, I find something very unique. Mary didn't stand stoically and passively by at the foot of the cross as if she were already made of stained glass. No. She crumpled at the cross. She fell down to the depths of the cross. I believe there was moaning and wailing. I believe she was begging the God of heaven to remove the hell on earth that she was experiencing in that moment. The truth of Simeon's prophecy at the birth of Jesus was suddenly revealed. The cross cut deeply into Mary's heart. But despite the pain, Mary was there. She was a mother from the beginning and a mother all the way to the end. Because a mother called by God never, ever surrenders the title of mom. And we find moms like this in children's hospital hallways praying for their kids. We find moms like this talking to the guidance counselor, wondering what's gone wrong and how can they fix it. And sadly, we find mothers like this at their children's funerals because a mother never relinquishes the title of mom because her heart just won't allow it. There's always a bit of her 
There's always a piece of her. Even if her children are rebellious or harsh or cruel or running from God or outside the home or a million miles away, there's a part of her that will never let go. You know, sometimes the most difficult decision that a mother has to make is right there at the very beginning. There continue to be this brave lot of young women who realize under the rarest of circumstances that the very best gift that they could give their child is the gift of adoption. And all over the world, that painful giving up of a baby is a whole lot like the pain of giving up a son on the cross, I would imagine. But even in that moment of giving up, a mother's love is what dominates the scene. It is sacrificial. It is painful. It is a loving moment of care. And mothers who give up their children to families patiently waiting in a line of love and care need to be applauded. They need to be loved. They need to be celebrated. And they need to be cared for by the church. I believe when a woman becomes a mother and when a man becomes a father, there is an instant realization that the day will almost certainly come when pain will enter into their child's life. Of course, you know, as a parent, when pain enters into your child's life, it enters into yours as well. The crosses are different for every family, aren't they? But the crosses usually come. Could be divorce, could be death, could be disease, could be a harsh, cruel word from a child, could be unacceptable actions, rebelliousness, could be tough love. And for many, it's sleepless nights. But through it all, a mother called by God will never surrender the title of mom because there's nothing like a mother's love. You know, Mary had a chance to see God's entire plan played out. She suffered at the crucifixion. Of course, she would have celebrated at the resurrection. And then we know that she was a part of the small group that witnessed the powerful presentation of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. This is Written to us in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Some parents live long enough to see God's call and God's will played out in the life of their children. Some parents see it. They live long enough to see their children following God and living out the important destiny that he has for them. But some will not see it in their lifetime. But we can be assured of this, mom. As you are faithful to God and submit your children and your circumstance into his hands... God is faithful, and he will strengthen you for all that you need. Well, this brings us to the fourth and final point of this message today, which is this. A mother called by God will put Jesus first in her heart and her home. Jesus first in her heart and her home. I believe the greatest thing that a mom can do is to love Jesus passionately, authentically, and to put this on display for your children. Moms and dads, for that matter, how you live makes a difference. And the driving force that fuels your priorities will quickly spread to your children and those in your home. Kids are not attending youth group or Bible study like you want them to. Make sure you're modeling that for them. You hear words coming out of their mouth that you're not sure where they came from. What are you modeling for them? The driving force that fuels your passion and priorities will quickly become that of your children. Following Jesus matters. It makes a difference. 
And I want to encourage you to put Jesus first. Not just in your life, privately, but on display in your homes. Now dads and children, listen up, because this next part is specifically for you. Like many of the other points in this message apply to more than just moms, maybe the best gift that you could give your mother, your grandmother, whether she's in this service or walking this earth or if she's gone on to be with Jesus, maybe the best gift you could give her is to get right with God before you leave this room today. It's as easy as saying a prayer of Jesus, I need you. God, I need you. We don't have to have it all together We don't have to know all of the answers, but you can know that when you leave this place today, trusting in Jesus, you'll be free of your sins as a child of God, given the power to face whatever is ahead of you, whatever situation, whatever circumstance, whatever inner turmoil. As we pray in a moment, I invite you to reach out to Jesus today by simply saying the words, Jesus, I need you. Maybe you're here and you've never said those words. Or maybe it's been far too long since you've uttered the name of Jesus. During our closing prayer and closing song here in a moment, get right with God. It's not only the best gift that you could give your mother this Mother's Day, it's the best gift you could give yourself as well. To get right with Jesus, to know God, to be forgiven of your sins, and able to walk freely with Him. Well, I realize it's a bit unusual to close a message from the newspaper comic strips, but the children of Family Circus were recently discussing babies, and it grabbed my attention. One of the young ones announced, storks don't bring babies, they come UPS. Some of the other children had different ideas, but the best was saved for last. Babies, said one, are connected to their mothers by a biblical cord. Ah, close, not too far off. I will say that every message from this talk here today comes directly from the Bible. And we will do well, mother, father, grandfather, children, to apply these things to our life. Because a mother called by God will submit her will to God's will. She will not be perfect. and She will never give up the title of mom. And she will always put Jesus first in her heart and in her home. And you can do well to do the same. Happy Mother's Day to you. Let's stand and pray for a moment. Jesus, I thank you for the mothers gathered in this room. We celebrate them today. I pray you would help each one to experience your love and to know that you are close to them right now in this moment. Jesus, we admit that we need you. Every single one of us has gone away from your plan, and we have denied you. But today, we call upon the name of Jesus, and we ask that you would make us close to you in this very moment. Help those seeking you to know you, Jesus. Help those who are hurting or in pain right now to know that you are not far away. I ask that you would bless each and every one. Meet us as we stand and pray right now. In Jesus' name, amen.